great to be in the Lord's house this evening. If you're saved, say amen. amen. Tonight, the scripture will be found in the book of Joshua, chapter number 4. The book of Joshua, chapter number 4. I will begin reading in verse number 1. When you found your place, if you would please stand in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. The book of Joshua, chapter number 4. The Bible says in verse number 1, And it came to pass, when all the people were clean, passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man, and command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of the Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place, where ye shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up, take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? I want to preach this evening with God being our helper. What mean these stones? Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father God, Lord, I thank you. God, for your presence, God, that we felt so far tonight. God, I thank you that you chose to come down and be amongst us this evening. God, I thank you that you chose to save me, God. Lord, when I was on my way to a devil's hell, God, you come by and you lifted me up out of the mire. And God, you set my feet upon the solid rock. And God, you called me to preach. And God, I praise you for that. And God, I pray tonight. God, that you would help us to preach your word. God, that nothing would be said of self, but God, everything would be said of you. God, I pray tonight for your people. God, that they'd be receptive to your word. God, I pray that they'd not just be hearers of the word. God, but they'd also be doers of the word. God, I pray tonight, God, for those that's going through hard times. God, that you'd wrap your arms around them. God, I pray for those tonight, God, going in good times. God, that you'd help them to remember to praise you always. In the good and in the bad. God, I thank you tonight for who you are. God, I thank you that your name is Jesus. And that it is the name above every other name. And God, I praise you this evening. And God, help us to preach your word. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. You may be seated. This evening we see in the book of Joshua that Joshua heard from the Lord. And the Lord told him, he said, I want you to take 12 stones and make this a monument. And so uh, Joshua, he has done so, and he's telling the people, he said, that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, what mean ye by these stones? Uh, what Joshua is saying to these men, he's saying, one day there's going to come somebody walking by and say, what do these stones represent? He's saying, you will have the opportunity to get to tell about what these stones mean 
to you. He said, uh, there's a world out there that's not seen the goodness of God. He said, there's a world out there that's not experienced God the way that we have. And we're going to set these stones up, and when they come to ask, we are going to get the opportunity to tell. And for you and for me this evening, we all have monuments in our life of what God has done for us. We all have things in our life that we look back and we say, man, God did that. And we have the opportunity to go to a lost and dying world that doesn't know the things of God, that doesn't know a generation of revival like the days before. They don't know about the love of God. They don't know about the caring of an almighty God. They have no idea. And we have these milestones. And our job is to point out to them, this is what this milestone means to me. Each one of us, we have milestones we have these stones and they represent something in our life that God has done for us and it is our responsibility when someone comes and asking it's our responsibility to go a telling I want to see uh, in my imagination I see a man sitting here in the camp with these stones and he's sitting there reflecting on the goodness of God and what God's done for him and what God's done for his people when somebody comes walking by and he says, Sir, what are these stones all about? And I believe that man's getting the opportunity to get to tell him exactly what these stones mean. I want to see firstly tonight what one thing that this man would have had to say about what these stones mean. I believe he'd have said, young man, firstly, this stone represents the power of prayer. I believe that he would say, God still answers prayer. Uh, we were down in Egypt and we were in bondage for over 400 years and we were there and we were worried and we were down and we didn't think we were ever going to get out and it wasn't the works of man that got us out of there but we began to pray and when we began to pray God came down to a man on the backside of a desert and he come down to that 80 year old man on the backside of the desert that wasn't looking for God but God came looking for him and he come to him in the form of a burning bush and the bush was not consumed and he called out and he said Moses I am that I am go tell Pharaoh to let my people go I've heard the cry of my people I have seen their affliction and I know their sorrow He's saying, he's saying, I hear all, I see all, and I know all. This evening, God hears all. He knows all. He sees all. God has not forgotten about you, honey. God is still on the throne. And he said to Moses, I've heard what's going on. I've seen what's going on. And I know what's going on. Go and get them, because I'm come to deliver thee. And 
so he goes down there into Egypt and he begins to talk to Pharaoh and then Pharaoh doesn't let him go and God sends 10 plagues and finally Pharaoh has had enough and I believe that man would look at that young man and say God redeemed us out of the land of Egypt because he still answers prayers there is the power of prayer and I believe that each one of us tonight we can point at different milestones in our life and we can look back and say in the midst of a world that doesn't believe that God exists in the midst of a world that says God ain't real in the midst of a world that says God is dead in the midst of a world that serves themselves and the lusts of their flesh we can look back and say the power of prayer was working for me one day the power of prayer was working in my life tonight I tell you that God is not dead and that God is still on the throne and with that being said he still answers prayer I'm thankful that God he answers prayer in the morning he answers prayer at noon he answers prayer in the evening and at the dead of night he's still answering prayer God is on call 24 7 365. There's never been a prayer that he couldn't answer. He still answers prayer. I think about a preacher. His name is Dr. E.V. Hill. Um, he's gone on to glory now, but I love to listen to him preach on YouTube. They still post his sermons, and man, that guy can preach. He's out of the, out of the state of California, and he grew up poor. And um, he didn't have no money, but his sole desire was to go to college. And his mama and his family always told him, you'll never get to go to college. We don't have the money to send you to college. And the entire community said, Evie, you will never get to go to college. But there came the day where he graduated from high school. And he was the first in his family to ever graduate from high school. And he graduated from high school and he said, I'm going to go to college. I want to go to college, but I know I can't because we ain't got the money to go. And so his mama come to him one day, and she said, Evie, here's a bus ticket. Take it and go on to the college. She said, I spent time with God last night, and I've been praying for you. He said, I didn't know what was going to happen when I got to the college. He said, all I know is I got that bus ticket and I got to try. And so he hopped on the bus and he got off at the college. And he stood in the admission lines. And the admission line was long. And it was going one by one by one. And they were collecting people's money. Collecting people's money. And he got to be the next person in line. And he said, I started to turn around. Because I knew I didn't have no money. And I didn't want to be embarrassed in front of all these other people. He said, they're all my age. I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want them to think about me the way that I know about me that I'm poor. And so he said, I started to turn around. He said, and that person in front of me cleared and I had to start stepping up. And they said, sir, what is your name? And he said, I'm E.V. Hill. And about that time, the administrator heard it and he come walking over. And he said, you're EV? He said, I've been waiting for you all day. He said, I've got you a full ride scholarship. You are going to get to go to college for free. 
And he, he said, I don't know anything about it. But all I know is when I was in line and I was wanting to turn around, I heard my mama say in my head, EVI have been praying for you. I'll tell you tonight, prayer still works. I think of a lady, uh, she, she got woken up in the middle of the night and she saw, God told her, and she saw a man laying in a field and he was laying there in the field she saw a star come from the north and a fire come from the east and another fireball come from the west and a fireball come from the south all into the same place and it was over top of this young man as he was laying in a field praying that man's name is Percy Ray and God was using him there in that moment to spot the place of where Camp Zion would be built there was 83 people that also saw exactly what happened. But this lady wasn't there on the property. She was at her house way far yonder in a total different place. That's where she was. And God woke her up and said, pray for this young man. And so she did, and she began to wonder about what she saw. And she said, God, what did I see? What did I see? What did I see? And God told her, he said, there's going to be a revival at your church. And there's going to be a young man come. And he's going to preach about tithing on the first night. And that man that's going to preach about tithing, that's the man that you prayed for. And so she went on with her life and she went to church. She went to church. And finally one evening, a man come to church. His name's Percy Ray. And he took the pulpit and he said, I didn't want to preach this message, but God had me preach it. He said, I'm preaching on tithing. And he didn't more finish the scripture. And that lady jumped up and started shouting. And she shouted the entire service. So much so that the deacons had to escort her out of the service so that he could preach. And she come to him after the service and she said, Percy, I'm sorry that I disrupted the service. Ask me at the end of the week and I'll tell you why I shouted. And so he went the whole week wondering about it, wondering about it, wondering about it. And finally, at the end of the week, came and he asked her. And she said, I saw you praying in a field. And God said that there was going to be a camp there at that field. What's going on? And he said, we have built the camp. And there's people coming from the north and from the south and from the east and from the west. I'm telling you today that God still answers prayers. I'll tell you, even in the midst of difficult times, God still listens. His ear tonight is not short. His ear is not lowered. His hand is not short. God still hears our prayer. There's many here tonight that you are saved because some saint of God got down on their knees and prayed for you that God would come by your way and save your soul. There's been men and women return home from war because some saint of God got on their knees and prayed for them. There's been sicknesses that have been overcome because of prayer. There's been bodies that have been healed because somebody prayed. There's been broken families get mended because somebody got the burden to pray. I'll tell you tonight, I don't have to go through a priest 
to pray. I ain't got to go to some temple to pray. I don't have to stand on the outside of the Holy of Holies to pray because Jesus, when he gave his life, he went between the veil and he ran it in two and he gave me access and he gave you access and we can pray for his power and the power of prayer still works today. He said you could come boldly to the throne of grace uh, that we may obtain mercy. I tell you, prayer still works today. We can pray in the name of Jesus. In 2023, the name of Jesus has not lost any power. It is still the name above any other name. The name of Jesus. He still answers prayers. And I see as this man sitting there and is explaining to this young man about the power of prayer and what it means for these stones. And the boy says, well, is there anything else? And he says, oh, yeah. Let me tell you. He said, number two, there's the passion of the Passover. He said, when we were there one night in the land of Egypt in bondage, God told Moses, get a lamb, not just any lamb. It is a special lamb. It ain't just any special lamb. It's a sinless lamb. It ain't just a sinless lamb. It's a satisfying lamb. It's also a substitutional lamb. It's a saving lamb. I tell you, it is a sacrificial lamb. It is a sweet lamb. For me, it is the sweet, precious lamb of God. But here they are in the land of Egypt, and God tells Moses, you're going to have to slay the lamb, and you put the blood on the top and on the side of the door. I do not think that it was just any spot. He said the door. You can't put it on the porch. You can't put it on the roof. you got to put it on the door. And here's what I got to thinking about when I got to thinking about it being on the door. Jesus said, I am the door. The blood was applied above and on the sides of the door. Jesus said, I am the door. And so here they are. They've, they're applying the blood to the top and the sides of this door. And he's telling this young man, he said, midnight comes around. And it gets dark. And it gets silent. And he said, you just feel a presence moving through the Egyptian lands. And he said, death come through. And you can start hearing the cries of death. You can start smelling the stench of death. People weeping and wailing outside that their firstborn has died. He said, but over yonder on the backside, there's a shimmering red light. And it is the blood of the lamb. And all those who are inside, those who's outside are weeping and they're wailing. But those inside, they're singing and rejoicing. There's a difference because of the blood. On the outside, there's weeping. But on the inside, they're singing and shouting. On the outside, there's doom and despair. But on the inside, there's deliverance is come. On the outside, there's darkness. But on the inside, 
there is light. On the outside, they've all met their end. But on the inside, they are just about to begin. Uh, on the outside, uh, there's a big difference uh, between the outside and the inside. And the difference is the blood applied on the door. I tell you one night at the Lackey Town Baptist Church on August 3rd, 2010, I was on my way to a devil's hell. But Jesus come by while the choir was singing and he said, son, you're lost and you need to be saved. And I've come to save your soul. And I knelt down in that altar and I didn't know what to say. But all I knew is that Jesus, I want you to save me. And the blood was applied. And if you're here tonight and you're saved, you've got a similar story. You've got a similar testimony about how the blood has been applied to your life. And I tell you tonight, it's still the blood that saves from sin. When education doesn't work, when the government doesn't work, when religion doesn't work, honey, you can count on Jesus. His blood always will work. He says, he says to him, this is what the stones mean. There's the power of prayer. And then there's the passion of the Passover. He said the blood was applied. And that young man, I can see him, he's probably, his eyes are probably this big. And he's thinking, is there anything else? And he says, oh, yes. We're just getting started. He said, there's one more, there's two more, there's three more. He said, I don't know. He said, there's the providence of his protection. There's the providence of his protection. He's, what I mean by that is God will make a way when there ain't no way. You see, we were on our way out of the land of Egypt. And we got down to a spot. And it was just a sea. And we looked to our right, and there was a mountain. And we looked to our left, and there was a mountain. And we looked behind us, and the enemy was coming right after us. And he, they said, we couldn't go this way. We couldn't go that way. We couldn't go that way. And we sure wasn't going that way. And so all we knew was we are in trouble. But then we got to looking up, and we saw that a God was coming from that way to take us that way. And so he said, we got there. And God come by. And he parted the waters. Deuteronomy, uh, the Bible says in Exodus 15, verse 8, it says, And with the blast of thy nostrils the waters were gathered together. The flood stood up as an heap. And the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. So the water... Out of the nostrils of God come a cool wind and the water, it parted. And they were able to walk through on dry ground. And I got to thinking about congealed. And I didn't really know what it meant either, so I Googled it. And I got to figuring out about what congealed meant. And I was explaining to Carrie earlier today about what congealed means. And so what that means is it is in a semi-solid state. You would take some stuff and you'd put it together and you'd put it into the refrigerator and it would cool and you'd bring it out and you'd call that jello. Jello, you put it in the refrigerator and it is congealed. It is in that semi-solid state. And so I was telling Carrie this this afternoon and I said, 
The waters were congealed. They were in a jello state. And she said, oh, like cherry jello. Because she thought the Red Sea is actually red. But what I'm telling you is that they were able to walk over on dry ground. When there was no way, God come by and with his own breath, he made a way. And they were able to march on over. Can't you see as some of them has made it over onto dry ground and they look back and they say, come on y'all, the water is fine. Come on, it is dry ground. And I think they might have saw some men coming through with a box. And they were like, what in the world is in that box? And they said, oh, it's old Papa Joseph. We're bringing him with us. God said he was going with us. And so we're bringing him with us across dry ground. And so here they go. And they've launched out. And Pharaoh, he sat back and he watched as they crossed over on dry ground. And he said, if they can do it, I can do it too. And so here comes Pharaoh trying to march behind him with his army. And about that time, as they are over, uh, the Israelites, they're over on the sunny banks of deliverance. They're looking back and they see Pharaoh coming at them. They see their past coming for them. Their past is coming, trailblazing, coming for them. And God, he uncongealed the waters. And the waters fell upon old Pharaoh and the rest of his Egyptian army. And they are still uh, pieces of chariots in the Red Sea today. So there are people that say that the Red Sea was no more than ankle deep. I tell you, if it was ankle deep, God performed even more of a miracle than just parting it. Because he drowned an entire army in ankle deep water. I believe that it was regular old water and he drowned them in that Red Sea. And the Israelites, they watched as God uncongealed the waters. They watched as their past started to drown. Their past was no longer something after them anymore. I tell you tonight, the devil, he holds the memory of your past. And he comes to you. And he comes a-knocking. And he comes a-telling you that you're no good. And he comes a-telling you that you're unworthy. And he comes a-telling you that you don't deserve to be saved. And he comes a-telling you all the bad things that you have ever done. But I tell you, there's coming a day when God is going to look at old Satan. And he's going to take him by his pants. And he's going to pick him up. And he's going to give him a heave into the lake of fire. And there you will get to see your past drowned in the lake of fire. I tell you, you, uh, when you can't go that way, and you can't go that way, and you can't go that way, and you can't go that way, you can count on God. He's coming from that way, and he's going to take you his way. I tell you tonight that we are on the winning side. The Bible says if God be for us, who can be against us. And I see is that young man sitting there and he's hearing about all that God's done. He's brought him out of the land of Egypt. He brought him through the, through the Passover. He's brought him through the Red Sea. And he's thinking, what else is there? And he says, sir, do you have anything else? And he says, oh, yes, I do. I have something else. He said, I've got the praise of his provision." 
He said, God has supplied everything that we ever needed. We were wandering in the wilderness, and God, he sent us quail. And in that quail, we were able to eat. And he says, quail is not even uh, part of that region. God just blew them on in for us to eat. And so we got to eat on the quail. And not only did God supply us meat, but every good old Baptist has to have some bread. And so God sent us some good old wafers onto the ground. In 2,000 years from now, young man, they're going to call it Texas Roadhouse Rolls. But back now, but right now, we call it manna. And God sent us manna from above. He said he fed us when we were hungry. And he said, and on top of that, there was a rock. And in that rock, God supplied us water. And it wasn't just any rock. It was a talking rock. It was a walking rock. Everywhere we went, we had that rock. And every time we went to that rock, we got the same Results. Let me tell you something real quick about who that rock is. That rock is a representation of Jesus Christ. And every time we go to him, honey, you can count on it. You're going to get the same results because his word has not failed. He said we got water out of the rock. And, so, and there was even a time we got honey out of the rock. He said, and on top of that, our clothes, our shoes, they never wore out. We were wandering all over the place. In Deuteronomy 29.5 it says, and I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes are not waxing old upon you, and thy shoe is not waxing old upon thy foot. Can you imagine that? Man, Nike would have some serious competition. Their shoes never wore out. That's how Nike makes their money. Their shoes wear out so you buy more. Their shoes never wore out. God supplied for them every need that they ever had. He said the same one that answers our prayers, the same one that gives us salvation, the same one that separated the waters in our life is the same one who came and supplied our every need that we could ever ask or think of. Tonight, honey, you do not have to be afraid to trust God. Bible says in Philippians 4 19 it says but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus he said God supplies our needs and that is what son these stones mean these stones mean that God still supplies he will exalt your valleys he will lower your skies he'll meet your needs and he'll meet mine he said you don't have a problem any bigger than God he said there's no problem on this earth bigger than God you can trust him to supply all your needs and I think as that young man sitting there and he's thinking man look at what God has done for these people sir do you have anything else and I believe he says yeah I do there is his personal presence God will stand by his children in the darkest days in the darkest hours of their life when you get into the dark and you get to feeling all alone 
in the shadows over in the corner, there is God. And he's standing right by you. I, I think tonight uh, when they sung the unseen hand about how he makes a way when there is no way. But also when we go through valleys drear, I don't know what's going on. But I don't have a fear because I'm trusting to the unseen hand. His hand is holding my hand and we are walking through the darkest spots in our lives. In the good times, God is with us. But in the bad times, he doesn't leave us. God is still good in the good times and the bad times. I think he might have thought about his leader in his life, old Moses. Moses was the Israelites' leader, and he says to the young man, there come a day when Moses had to die. The Bible says that Moses' eyes were not dimmed. It says that Moses's uh, that Moses was essentially it says that he was able bodied it says nor his natural force abated that means that he was not sick well how did he die if he's not sick how did he die well you could say he stopped breathing but if you stop breathing that's a sickness something's wrong you could say well his heart stopped that's cardiac arrest that's a sickness so how did Moses die well, I heard one preacher say that God got him and he smothered him in Holy Ghost kisses. And that's how Moses died. And I thought, that's pretty good. But then we got to thinking about how Moses asked to see God's glory. And Dad preached this morning about the glory of God. And about how it said you could see my hinder parts when I passed by. And how the hinder parts in Isaiah, he says, the train filled the room right so if we turned off these lights if we looked at these lights we turned them off for a quick second we'd see a, like a blimp of the afterglow of the lights and that's what Moses got to see he said I think maybe God told him said Moses you can't see my glory because you'll die if you see my face you'll die and you are not finished with your race yet your course is not done. I still have a job for you to do. But when Moses got to the end of his journey, God come to him and said, Moses, remember when you wanted to see my glory. Moses, do you remember when I said you could only see my hinder parts? Moses, you've ran your race. Moses, you've done your course. Moses, you've done a good job. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Moses, you wanted to see my glory. Here I am. And he shows him his face. And like a blimp, Moses is out of here. I think tonight that Moses got to see God's glory. He didn't, get to just, he didn't just get a glimpse. He got a gaze upon the glory of God. And I'll tell you today that there's coming a day. Right now we can't do it. But there's coming a day when Jesus is going to step out on the clouds or by, the, or by death, we're going to get to go to heaven. And we're going to get to see Jesus face to face. And we're going to get to see him in all of his glory. And one day, we are going to get to, get to go up there. And we're going to fall at his feet. And thank him for the milestones in our life that he's done for us. To thank him for his goodness and his mercy upon us. One of these days, we're going to get to sing his praises. We're going to get to sing worthy, worthy, worthy. 
holy, holy, holy is the Lamb of God. And I think as this boy hears what this man has told him about these stones, he says, sir, I would like to know the God that made these stones for you, that put these stones in your life. Sir, I would like to know that God. And I think that man looked at him and said, Son, you can. You can call on his name. And I'm telling you here tonight, if you are not saved, you can know the God that we've been talking about this evening. You can know the God of his goodness and of his mercy and of his grace and of his long-suffering and of his majesty and his honor. And how just he is. And how magnificent he is. And how awesome he is. And how great he is. And how wonderful he is. And about everything about who God is. You can come to know him. Tonight. All you have to do is call upon the blood of the Lamb of God. That was shed for you. And that was shed for me. That's all that you got to do. And if you're here tonight. And you have been saved by the blood of the Lamb. You can stand and say, I've got some milestones in my life thanks to Jesus. If it wasn't for Jesus, I would have never made it here. I think it's okay to think about uh, where you would be had God not come to you. I'd be in a terrible place. And we can thank him for where he's brought us from and where we don't have to go. But we get to praise him for where we get to go. And that is a heavenly home. I tell you, I believe that because of these stones in our life, because of these milestones in our life, it is our responsibility to go and tell others about what mean these stones. It is our testimony. And the world is dying. And the world is lost. And the world needs to hear about your milestones because of Jesus. If you would please stand, Pastor, you come. Stand to your feet. Maybe there's somebody here. You got some milestones. You got some, some things that right now you can hit this altar and say, God, I want to thank you for the provisions. I want to thank you for the pardon. I want to thank you, Father. You might want to come right now. There might be somebody. You may say, Lord, you need to get me ready to share that testimony with somebody because they're going to see what God's been doing in my life. And, Lord, I want to have the words ready. Bring them to me, Lord. Folks are moving. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? You need to move. Come on, right now. Did he save you? Oh, wow. You remember that night? You remember that day? Woo! Boy, you can still praise him for it even now. Amen. Our Father and our God, we praise you tonight, God, for the stones that you put in our life. Lord, what a testimony you've given. God of salvation, saving power, God of peace, of pardon, Lord of privilege, and yes, God, Lord, you've given us providential protection. God, how many times have you spared us? How many times? Have you made a way when there was no way? Lord, we'd not be here tonight. We'd not be, we'd not have any peace at all. But tonight, God, we are here because of the power and the presence of Almighty God. 
Lord, tonight we bow to recognize and we bow to praise you tonight, Father. Thank you, God, for everything good that's in our life because that's been of you. Lord, we ask now you bless this young man that stood before us. God, give him, give him rest and give him wisdom and give him a witness, God, as he walks with you, Lord. Do things in his life, God, that only you can do. Show him, God, I pray. Lead him. Take him forward, God, I pray with you. For this we pray in Jesus' name.